Hey, Kalos Church. We have five speakers speaking for five minutes each in what we call Five, five in five. five. Rachel, Rachel, Andrew, Linda, Amy, Yuna! Welcome to Kalos Church. My name is Pradeep Jiva, And I'm Amrita. Kalos means beautiful in Greek. And our prayer is that you would experience the beauty of Jesus. Right now, we have people meeting online and in house gatherings all over. If you'd like to be a part, please subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on social media, or click this link to find a house gathering today. Yes, we're so thankful that you joined us online today and mm -hmm. in house gatherings. And you know what? Every single week we do a segment where we share some good news yeah. and we also pray together. Mm -hmm. And today I want to share some good news. And that is that we have just been hearing reports of how incredible our house gatherings have yeah. been for people. We try to be very safe. We wear masks even in our house on Sunday mornings. But what we found is that there are people that are really coming to know Jesus for the very first time. People that have, haven't been stepping foot into church for seven to ten years people who maybe this is their first experience with church and it's just been an incredible time of gathering together reading scripture talking worshiping listening to the message together and I just want to share with you Kalos Church that God is with us and he has been with us on this journey so we're so thankful uh, for those of you that have been able to join in house gatherings we also want to pray together today and I want to pray today because it is Thanksgiving week officially mm -hmm. and we're so excited for that I hope you're excited but we also know that this can be a very hard time for people people are trying to make travel plans people are trying to figure out what to do with COVID and Thanksgiving and and being alone maybe or figuring out how to be with family and so we just want to lift up this holiday and this week uh, as we all kind of enter into it together so let's pray Father thank you so much for Thanksgiving. Lord, we are so grateful for so many things in our lives. We're thankful for you, Jesus. And Father, we know that this can be a difficult time for people. And so God, I ask Father, for those that are feeling alone, those that are feeling uh, stressed, trying to figure yeah. out what to do or where to go, or uh, just, there's just a lot here. God, I just ask that you would bring peace. You would bring clarity. Lord, I pray that uh, this week would be filled with lots of generosity, um, that as followers of Jesus, we would be kind and invite yes. people and be loving and remember those, God, who may just need a little extra love and encouragement this week. So Lord, I just pray that you would bless this holiday season. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, we're going to hear from five different speakers in our segment, Five and Five, and it's so exciting. We're in a series right now called Uncertain Riches. And we're talking about not putting our hope in the uncertainty of riches, yeah. money, but putting our hope in God who is secure. The same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And this is part of something we do every November at Kalos Church called our Legacy Offering. Where instead of taking a lot of little offerings to bless missionaries or women's shelters or the food programs that we partner with, we take one big offering in November and it's amazing. Last year we raised about $80,000 and we were able to make a big impact in our community and in our church and throughout the world. And it's just been amazing. We're doing that legacy offering November 29th and December 6th. 
You can go to kalos.church slash legacy to find out more information about what we're giving towards and how you can give. And so our, our team, our lead team is going to be speaking today about finances and personal testimonies. And I believe it's going to build our faith. They're great leaders and friends, and they have a word to share with us today. So let's lean in and not just be hearers of the word, but doers. Amen. Amen. Hi, my name is Rachel, and I'm the events and outreach coordinator here at Kalos. I want to spend our time today talking about generosity. And you might be saying, why are we talking about generosity? We are in the middle of a pandemic. Yes, I know that. But in this pandemic, I feel like I have learned a very profound lesson on generosity, and I want to share it with you today. This time last year, my husband Andrew and I were praying about what to give in the legacy offering. And we decided together that what we wanted to do was give extra above and beyond our normal monthly tithe. And with that decision, we felt like this is how we're going to be generous. This is how we're going to sacrificially give. It was a hard decision, but it was a good decision. And for us, we were excited to give. Little did we know that after we had made this decision and right after we bought a house, we very quickly went from two incomes to one income. In March, I lost my job because of the pandemic and my position and our entire office completely dissolved. And what happened was this began a very hard season for me. Not many people know, but I spent hours a day looking on job sites, navigating unemployment and thinking about what was next. And I was so struck with fear that I was paralyzed by the numbers that were in our bank account. I became so dictated and, and I trusted in the promise of an income and it was a miserable couple months for me. I was so daunted by the future that I convinced myself that we would lose our house and that we wouldn't make it. I realized that my security and my hope and my trust, my self-worth, I was placing all of that in a job in the promise of an income and not in Jesus. But as the months went on, Andrew and I began to cut things from our budget. More and more things came out of it and, and we whittled down to the bare essentials. And we decided to cut everything except for that extra amount that we were giving in the legacy offering. And the reason I tell you that today isn't so you're super impressed with us, but because it's easy to be generous when things are going well. It's very hard to be generous when things aren't going well. And for us, this is what generosity meant, is that we gave sacrificially. And for us, giving extra was a symbol of hope. It was our faith being exercised to say, God has a great job in store for me in the future. And fast forward, I went through seven months of unemployment, and I'm so excited to tell you today that I have found an incredible job through a, a friend here at Kalos. And I want to tell you that Andrew and I right now are in a better position financially than we were if I would have kept my job um, nine months ago. And I believe that that's because Jesus came through for us. And he's been doing that for thousands of years. I want to read you this story in Mark 12. And starting in verse 41, it says this. Sitting across from the offering box, he, Jesus, was observing how the crowd tossed money in for the collection. Many of the rich were making large contributions. One poor widow came up and put in two small coins, a measly two cents. 
Jesus called his disciples over and said, The truth is that this poor widow gave more to the collection than all of the others put together. All of the others gave what they will never miss. She gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave her all. This is such a beautiful story. I want to take a second and consider what it was like for this widow in the story. Here we know she was a widow. She was grieving. She had lost something. She was poor. She was a woman. She was probably of a different class. Think about her in this story. Can you imagine how intimidating it must have been for her to bring her two cents while she saw so many others bringing so much more? Imagine her embarrassment at her two cents of what she could give. And I don't know if you've ever felt like that. Maybe you've been intimidated by what others have or maybe embarrassed at what you couldn't give. I know I have. And I love this story so much because it tells me that Jesus doesn't define generosity in the same way that the world does. I believe that for, for Andrew and I, it was giving extra in the legacy offering. For this widow, it was giving two cents. That's what she had to give. This story also tells me that anyone can be generous, whether you have a lot or you have a little. And I believe we know about this widow in the Bible because of what she gave, not because of what she kept. And I believe that people, our community will know Jesus by what we choose to give, not by what we keep. I want my life to look like this widow. I feel so challenged by her. I want people to say, Rachel gave extravagantly. She gave her all. So this week, I want to challenge you to ask God, God, what would you have me give in the legacy offering? And just like this widow, I challenge you to give generously. Hi, Kalos. I'm Yuna, and I am actually super fresh to the Kalos community. Um, I came right before COVID happened. And my first and last in-person event was actually unveil night back in, in January before we were quarantined. And that's me. Um, and coming to Kalos was one of the biggest life-changing decisions that I have ever made. And I have been so thankful for everything that came after that. And I'm also really thankful for the next five minutes that I have to share with you about a different kind of life-changing decision that we tend to face. And that is trusting the Lord over a job. I'm so sorry, my shoulder has been killing me because of this big fat bling on my finger. I just got engaged a couple of weeks ago and the Lord has provided me with someone who is nice and young. And when I say young, I mean seven years younger. And he fell in love with me, we got engaged. And ever since then, I have been planning a wedding in this COVID season and it's been very difficult, but I've been so grateful to just know that I have years of experience in the wedding industry. Uh, I actually worked for four years as a bridal stylist and I saw 3,124 brides and I loved my job. And when I got hired on, there was a, a unspoken rule between me and my shop manager that she would never schedule me to work on Sundays. Sundays were, were my Sabbath and ministry has always been a priority for me. So I didn't work Sundays, but then four years into it, we had a management change. And I remember the new boss invited me into her office and basically told me that I have, would have to work Sundays. And I remember I was so poised, so grateful, so confident. And I said, thank you so much for this the last four years. I've had so much fun, but I have to give him my two weeks notice. And I got up and I left. And I remember when I walked out of the office, I had such a high of faith, but then immediately I was mortified at what I had just done because I have things that I have to pay. So I got my mom on the phone and told her everything that just happened. And she told me two things. 
She said, first of all, I am so proud of you. And second of all, don't follow up a bold decision with fear. And that was such a pivotal moment in my life because it really cemented a foundational mental framework that I have. Don't chase your faith with fear. My uh, soon-to-be father-in-law is a pastor, and he once preached that the most repeated command in the Bible is do not fear. And I think when we get scared and we let fear settle in, we forget the initial conviction that we had and peace opts out. And I think our last experience with anything usually defines that whole thing for us. For instance, when I eat something and have a variety on my plate, I will always eat my favorite thing last. Why? Because I savor in my mouth, whatever I savor in my mouth last dictates the entire dining experience and kind of how I digest it. And I think similarly, when we make bold decisions with faith, ideally the scenario is that faith produces a sense of peace that surpasses all understanding. But this is way easier said than done. And the way I feel like God had given me that peace, the scripture is true when it says, um, you gain faith from hearing the word. And I just want to read Philippians 4.19. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. It's biblical. It is our truth that we can hold on to that God will always provide. It's to the point where it's not even a question of what, what if God doesn't provide or is he going to provide. It's literally what is God going to provide next. So anyways, I resigned my job and then my mom further challenged me just a little bit more as if she didn't stretch my spiritual muscle thin enough. And she said, trust that God is faithful eight, nine, 10 months into your unemployment, just as much as you do before the waiting begins. So I was totally prepped to wait a long time and be thankful. But then three days after I resigned, uh, God not only gave me a job, but he gave me my dream job as a writer at a creative agency. A lot of times, I think, as believers, we're, we're faced with hard situations. And in those situations, we have to make really difficult decisions. And there's not always a fairy tale filter over the outcome or the reality of the choices that we make. But I just wanted to encourage you um, that God will always provide and meet with your needs. Even for me in this season where there's a lot of uncertainty and we have family and friends who are getting laid off, I feel convicted to loosen my grip of, on my job and my finances and to hold fast to scripture and truth and God's promises. Um, last week, Pastor Pradeepan preached a really great message and he said, the antidote to greed is generosity. And it's inspired me, because this is my first time doing Legacy with Kalos, um, inspired my prayer life to not pray, God, should I give during Legacy and participate? But more about how much do you want me to give? What do you want me to give? So I just hope that this word comforts and encourages you to let God really empower your generosity. Hi, I'm Andrew. I am the creative director here at Kalos Church and also the finance director here at Kalos. Now, the story of how I became the finance director is kind of interesting. And in order to tell it, I actually have to make a confession. And you need to promise me that you're not going to tell pastors Pradeepan and Amrita. See, when we were talking about me being the finance director at Kalos Church, I didn't really feel like I was that great at managing money. I, I literally was just like, hey, I am someone who can at least keep my eyes on this money. Well, what I didn't realize is that this was a pivotal moment 
in a journey God had been taking me on, teaching me to manage finances. And he describes this journey in detail in the Bible and then gives us a glimpse into its future. So let's rewind back to the beginning of my story, and I'm going to use Jesus' words to take you on the same journey I went on. In Matthew 25, verse 14, Jesus says, Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. And here's where my story starts. See, I am a pastor's kid, and it's not really a lucrative business. And so I didn't really grow up with a lot of money. And I kind of thought that I didn't have money because I hadn't been given the gift of managing money. I had other gifts, right? Well, let's continue in the story. Verse 16, the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. This so describes exactly my story. Growing up, I would see people who had a lot of money and be like, wow, she is investing her money in the stock market. She's getting something called dividends. How can something that is clearly based on the word divide be multiplying her money? But for me, it was easy for me to feel like the world just kind of hadn't been really kind to me financially. Maybe you're feeling that way, this kind of hopelessness around money. I had thoughts like this. How am I ever going to get out from under this debt? How am I ever going to afford a house in King County? And money is just this complex thing that I can't really understand. Or maybe it's just this depressing thing because I'm never going to have any of it. And if I'm honest, really, I was just, I was afraid of money. And what I wanted to do was just kind of hide from it and not really pay attention. What I didn't realize is that that thought process was turning me into the third servant in this story right here. See, that was a, it was a form of burying money. Now, here's where the story gets crazy because Jesus actually gives us a glimpse into the future. So let's skip ahead to that conversation he's having with the third servant, who remember, I'm becoming at this point. In verse 25, the third servant sounded just like me. He said, I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. Lazy servant. See, the master didn't consider this an ability problem. He considered it a discipline problem problem. He goes on in verse 27 and says, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. If you really thought you were that bad at managing money, why didn't you get a little bit of help? At least somebody could have been keeping an eye on this money. And now we find ourselves back at the same point in my story where I was stepping into the finance director role, keeping an eye on the money. See, I'd, I'd always thought it was an ability thing, how well I could manage this money, but it's a discipline thing. Not how well, but how often I would actually manage this money. And it made a huge impact when I transferred that into my personal finance life, just consistently taking a look at this. And I always had this ability to create a budget. I knew how to create a budget. It wasn't about the ability. It was about the discipline of actually comparing that budget to what I was actually spending. And I wasn't very good at it. So I actually took the master's advice in the story. He said, if you're not good, get some bankers involved. And today we have tons of options, lots of free apps and websites that can help us manage our money. My personal favorite is one I found called mint.com. And as I kept consistently keeping my eyes 
on money, I found that I was then able to do more with this money. I think the master knew that when you practice, you actually get better at it. So what is Jesus telling us to do today? Well, I think that he would ask us to find what is that next most basic way that we can keep our eyes on our money. It's got to be simple, super basic, because the challenge is to make a habit out of that. Why? I mean, don't we already have enough? Shouldn't we be content with what we already have? Yes, but there are people out there who do not have enough. And we are the church, which means we need to refuse to let our laziness be their barrier. We need to manage our money well so that we can give it to the people who desperately need what we have to offer, which in addition to money is the hope of Jesus Christ. We have got to keep our eyes on our money, not our hearts. Keep our eyes on our money. We need to make some dough so we have more seeds to sow. Hi, Kalos. My name is Amy, and I'm the kids director here at Kalos Church. And in the Legacy series, I want to address the reality that sometimes giving stretches our comfort zone. A little over a year ago, I left a high-paying job at an engineering company that I was at for almost eight years. And I did this because I felt the call of God on my life to spend more time serving the local church, despite earning a lot less money. And it was really complicated because I had, my husband and I had just bought a house before making this decision. And then after making the decision, COVID-19 hit and we had a baby. Uh, so it's been crazy. And making financial decisions uh, based on solely lifting up the name of Jesus and, and my faith in Jesus is uh, really scary, but it's also exhilarating and um, so rewarding. It would have been so easy for me to stay put and to stay in my comfort zone, um, but I would have been missing out on a, a part of God's plan for my life, I believe. And I know that I've missed opportunities in the past, but I'm so glad that I followed through this time around. Sometimes we hold back on following God because we're afraid of losing out on money, whether that's a big or a small decision. And it's in these moments that I'm reminded of this scripture in Proverbs chapter 11, verses 24 and 25. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So we are called to be good stewards of what we've been given to refresh or take care of others. A simple example are flight attendants. They have been made stewards of snacks and beverages in order to refresh others. I love it whenever a flight attendant is generous with their snacks and when they give me extra Cheez-Its and extra cookies, no peanuts because I'm deathly allergic. Um, but I, I always feel so grateful whenever um, there is a, a good flight attendant that is taking care of my needs and the other passengers. In this same way, I believe that we are given resources by God so that we can give freely to make sure that no one is lacking. Also, flight attendants are rewarded for taking care of others and for their excellent customer service. My aunt is a flight attendant, and she told me that she has an opportunity to win up to $10,000 in cash prizes for excellent customer service. For us, 
the joy of the Lord is our reward. And giving for me, giving to the Kalos community and investing in kids and families and seeing the life change and the impact and the smiles on the kids' faces, that is such a reward for me. It reminds me of what Paul says about how generosity impacts us and others in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 11 through 15. Paul is saying to the Corinthians, let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly and give according to what you have, not what you don't have. Of course, I don't mean your giving should make life easy for others and hard for yourselves. I only mean that there should be some equality. Right now, you have plenty and can help those who are in need. Later, they will have plenty and can share with you when you need it. In this way, things will be equal. As the scriptures say, those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. In this scripture, Paul is addressing the church in Corinth, and he's comparing their love for others to the churches in Macedonia, who were extremely poor, but were filled with joy of what God was doing, and were eager to give to God's people. And my prayer is that you could experience the same joy of helping others through your generosity. An example may be giving your DoorDash driver a generous tip because of the difficult times right now, or maybe it's donating your time to help a family in need, or maybe it's helping to clean their house, or maybe it's giving consistently to the local church because you've been wanting to do it but just haven't committed yet. Whatever it is, I will leave you with this. Do your part, give from your heart. God says we all have something to give, even if it's not a lot. And so I encourage you just to ask the Lord um, how he wants you to go outside of your comfort zone and then follow through and God will honor you for taking care of others. Hi, my name is Linda and I am the Connections Director here at Kalos Church. And today I wanna to talk about how the church operates as a hospital. In the beginning of the year, a lot of people moved from working in their offices to working at home. And so everyone was like, I get to work remote, mandatory um, isolation, self-care every night. Yes, Lord. And then a month goes by and everyone's at their wits end. But I recently watched a video and thought it perfectly captures my quarantine experience. Working from home for two weeks? I could do this for a month. I won't step on you like the last banana. I love you. We love you. You're right. Who else can resonate with that video? You know, we're entering uh, the ninth month of the pandemic and things are starting to shut down a little bit more and we're isolated. It's difficult to connect with other people and it's really hard to emotionally and mentally take care of ourselves. And if I can be completely transparent, I have not been handling this pandemic very well. You know, I haven't been feeling like myself. I felt like the joy and the hope has been sucked out of me. I felt like there hasn't been anything that I could hold on to. And so gradually, I found myself spiraling into a very dark pit of despair. To be honest, the darkest that I felt in years. And I wouldn't say that I'm out of the woods yet, but I know that without my church family, I would not be able to get through this on my own. If it weren't for me stepping out in faith and trusting the people that God has placed in my life, I really don't know where I would be. Jeremiah 33, 6 says, Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. I will heal my people and will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. You know, the concept of a the church operating as a hospital is really interesting. 
Jesus is our great physician and he's performed so many amazing miracles, but he's also called and equipped us to tend to the broken, the lost and the sick. Hospitals don't just care for your wounds, they, they give you resources too. They don't just leave you there. You know, they give you contact information for a specialist. They give you packets of paper to help you understand what happened and, and how to take care of yourself for the future. They also help you set up follow-up appointments. And so you go to the hospital because they are equipped to help you. And just like hurting people go to a hospital, hurting people will go to the church. And just like the hospital, we need to respond with care and kindness. We need to be the first responders to those that are struggling. And can I just say, it's okay to not be okay. You know, you might find yourself in a little better of a place than others. And sometimes you feel a little bit ungrateful, but that's okay to be sad and anxious, even though you don't really have a reason not to be. And it's okay to go to therapy. You know, God has equipped professionals to help you. So allow God to place them in your life. It was a friend from church that has helped me find the counselor that I'm seeing right now. And someone who is helping me through all of this family trauma that just resurfaced and a lot of life, life transitions as we speak. Mark 2.17 says, On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. You know, operating Halo Church as a healing center has not been free. We've gotten this far through the financial generosity of our community. And as we move forward in this crazy time, especially with the holidays coming up, we need this now more than ever. So when you're investing in the church, you're investing into life change by creating a space for the sick, broken, and the lost to find healing, freedom, and abundant life. So I want to challenge you today, Kayla's Church, go to the Legacy page on our website and learn how you can get involved and support what God is doing. Who knows what's going to happen when you click on the Legacy link? Who knows whose life you're going to impact when you invest in the church? You know, a few, a few weeks ago, Pastor Pradeepin said, the best is yet to come. And I believe God has done incredible things through Kalos Church, but I also believe that he's not done. You know, without this community, I would have never been able to trust God in this season and to find the therapist God has equipped and appointed to help me through these times. So church, do not let others do life alone. Do not let others carry their burden themselves. Let's be the church, blessed to invest so others can experience the best through Jesus. Lee team, thank you so much for yes, sharing. Amazing words testimonies and, and words and hey before we transition and hear some amazing music and announcements uh we just want to take a moment and say hey if you've never given your life to jesus and you want to surrender your life to jesus we would love to lead you in a prayer right now jesus is a steady foundation to build our lives on and so we're going to put some words on the screen and so why don't we pray this all at the same time lord, lord jesus, jesus i need you, you. Thank, thank you for, for dying, dying on the cross for me I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. If you pray that prayer, especially for the first time, please text the number on the screen so we can follow up with you on this journey of following Jesus. 
Amen. Amen. Well, we want to worship God, continue to worship him with our giving, which we've been talking about in this series. You can give your tithes and offering right here at this link this week as well. And as you do that, I want you to remember that you are an incredibly generous church. We want to highlight, we keep wanting to show you the ways that last year's legacy impacted so many people. So let's watch this testimony. Hi, Kalos Church. This is Ben and Debbie Block, your missionaries here in Japan. And we want to say a huge thank you for everything you guys have done for us this year. You partner with us financially. You pray for us. You love us. You sent us a a goodie box this year with Kalos shirts that we wear all the time. We love them. And we just want to say thank you guys for supporting us as missionaries here in Japan. Yeah, your continued support in our lives has allowed us to continue as full-time missionaries. And we are seeing so many lives being impacted by the gospel and the life of jenny is one of the examples man she is an amazing friend of ours who came to church as a result of ben's invitation she brought her husband at one of the services she felt god touching her life and she gave her life to god that day and we've been discipling her and her husband since that day they've been part of our family group and this past sunday we got to baptize her which was so exciting so exciting. And this year, our church has actually multiplied services. So with everything that's happened uh, with the coronavirus and everything, our church has actually been able to grow. We have an online service now as well, as well as having two uh, normal services. And so we're just thankful for what God's been doing. He's been growing the church. We've seen people get baptized, people get saved. And we want to say thank you guys for being a part of the fruit here in Japan. You might not ever meet these people or see them, but you guys are, are partners with us in the ministry and we're seeing people's lives change. And I just want to thank you guys so much. Another quick story is a, a friend of ours who went on a weekend encounter with God. He got His life got totally transformed, opened up about things, and God was working on his heart. And since then, I've been meeting with him regularly and helping disciple him and Man, it's just been great to see lives transformed. And we want to say thank you guys so much. God bless you. What a powerful testimony. Thanks again, Kalos Church, for your generosity. It's making a huge impact. Well, let me share a few announcements before we sing. We have house gatherings going on all over where you can worship with these videos together. And it's awesome. You can click on this link to find out how to participate. And also, we're near the end of our activity-based small groups, our Zoom small groups, but you can still join. Click the link and peruse through all the groups, from video game groups to reading through books. It's a blast. Mm -hmm. And also, meet and greet is tonight. If you're looking to get connected with our community, we know people are struggling with making friends and finding new churches. We want to make this really easy for you. And so we're going to share the story of Kalos Church. We want to hear more about your story over a meal to join us RSVP by clicking the link and we'll see you tonight and again we're collecting our legacy offering on November 29th and December 6th so that we can make a huge impact as a church together in our community all right amen well let me bless you before you go may you know and make known the beauty of Jesus may the Lord bless you and keep you make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you in Jesus name I was an orphan lost at the fall, running away when I'd hear you call. Father, you were doing I had no righteousness of my own. I had no right to join your throne. 
Your touch, my sleeping spirit was awakened. On my darkened heart, the light of Christ has shone. Called into a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Heaven is in my grace and grace alone. So I stand in faith by grace and grace alone. I will run the race by grace and grace alone. I will slay my sins by grace and grace alone. I will reach the end by grace and grace alone. 